Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello and welcome to the MMQB NFL Podcast Thursday show. We are coming out on Thursday, and that's how we came up with the name. I am Gary Grambling. She is Kaylin Kaler joining me this week. And, and Kaylin, uh, since the NFL playoffs are basically over, I mean, the Bills are out. There's no reason for anyone to really be paying attention at this point. We are get, we're we're gonna look ahead to the draft a little bit. We're gonna talk some draft quarterbacks now that we I, I feel like and, and you can feel free to disagree with me here, but I feel like we kind of have the uh the big six is now uh sort of declared. Yeah, and I am really interested. This is like a fun quarterback class. Like last year's, you know, aside from Kyler was a little boring. Um there wasn't a ton going on in terms of intrigue. Uh, but I feel like this year is kind of on the level of 2018 when we had five in the first round. You get, I was going to say, and that 2018 class was like, you had really unique guys. Like you had, you had yeah. all the different flavors. Yeah. And uh, I feel like it, maybe, obviously, you know, you have like, you know, have a Lamar Jackson type uh, in this class. We might not see a Lamar Jackson type again, uh, again. for a long time. But um, you have six guys who are all pretty, uh, pretty unique uh you know if you're looking for certain things you'll you'll kind of find it in this draft but what we're gonna do in this show we're gonna run through these six guys we're also gonna uh take a quick look at uh, at the teams who might be interested in them some of the teams that 
really desperately need quarterback help. And then a few more who are kind of in the class of if they're wowed by one of these guys, they might snag one of them uh, in April here. But uh, we are going to start with a six. And let's start with a guy who just declared this week. And, and you and I talked about this pretty much for like all of last week. Was Tua going to be in or out? He is He is in, which... I don't know. It was was just kind of surprising because he did that like, like, hey, guys, I'm going to announce it Monday. And it just felt like um, it was kind of like when LeBron did the decision. uh, Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, oh, he's just building it up so like they can have a big celebration in Cleveland or something. And then he was like, nope, I'm leaving. And Tua is not the same because I'm sure everyone in Alabama is happy for Tua and that program will be fine uh, without him. But uh, it just kind of felt like he was building up toward like, uh, you know, oh, I got a big, big, happy announcement for everyone because, you know, I don't know if you're not uh, (laughs) if you're just like a fan of NFL team, I I guess a couple of fan bases might be happy. But I think most people were kind of bummed. That was really a strange way that he did that because there was no first of all, there's not really a precedent for his situation um, that he's in with his injury and. And that the fact that he's injured really put a question mark. What was he going to do? And like all of last week, I was reaching out to different scouts that I know and different evaluators, um, different agents. And I'm like, does anyone know like what the hell he's going to do? And I assumed, you know, before he announced his decision date, like I'm going to declare on Monday, January 7th or whatever it was before he announced that I just assumed he was going to go to the league. Like that's the smartest choice. I didn't really think there was like a chance he was going to return. But once he announced that decision, I kept hearing from people like, oh, he's going back to Bama. He's going back. Yeah, he's definitely going to go back. And or maybe he'll declare for the supplemental draft if he has a change in circumstance with his injury getting, you know, showing improvement with the injury that was unexpected. Um, so a bunch of people were telling me like, he's going back to Bama. And I was like, no, he is not. Like, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it, but I was getting it from people that were like, had credible information. Um, so I think he personally wanted to go back to Alabama. Like if Tua was the only person making the decision, I think he might've gone back, but I think his family um, and whatever agent he's been talking to. Um, I think it's Lee Steinberg's yeah, Lee guy. Yep. Yeah, Chris Cabot. Yeah. Um, I think they got to him and talked some sense into him and were like, listen, you've got to go to the league. Like, you got to take the money now. And I think whatever doc- medical checkup he had on Friday, I think it was positive. Um, so that helped convince him of this is the good, this is the right decision for me. Uh, so I think he, I think he wouldn't answer this question, but I, when they asked him in, in the press conference, but I think he had a change. I think he was going to go back and then changed his mind to go to the league after that most recent medical checkup. Um, but yeah, as soon as Saban took the podium that in that press conference, you knew he was leaving because he was like very somber and it was all about, <laughs> You know, what Tua had contributed and what Tua meant to the program. And it was just obvious he was leaving. And at that point, it's like, why the, Why are we having this press conference? Like, yeah. Kyler, Kyler Murray last year was just as scrutinized of a decision in a different way because he was choosing baseball or the NFL. But he was just as, like, public and crazy decision. And he just sent a one-sentence tweet. And that was that was how he chose football. So I don't know. I know. I, I don't like Twitter, but uh, that's uh, that's a really good use for Twitter. Just just making yeah. that announcement and just being done with it. Um, right. 
Well, let's uh, let's talk about where he is as far as uh, what he's going to be able to do this draft season. He is obviously recovering from the dislocated hip. Uh, it, it, it from all indications, it, it seems like he's going to be uh, 100% at some point down the line here. Maybe, maybe even by the time uh, next season kicks off. Yeah, I think that that's the sense that I'm getting because um, I don't think. I mean, he said in his press conference, he's optimistic that he would be able to play next season. And so for this injury, um, he said the three-month mark and the four-month mark are really important benchmarks as far as increasing his activity and sort of working back to normal football activity. He said he's been throwing, um, sitting down, and but he hasn't progressed to standing up or really like running or moving or anything yet. He didn't use his crutches um, for his press conference and looked like he was walking pretty good. So that was encouraging. But so the NFL combine, the quarterbacks throw, I think that the Thursday or is it or the Saturday wow. of that? Week. I, I have not looked that far ahead. Um, I looked that far ahead because I had to write about this earlier this mm-hmm. week. And the day of the quarterback workout at the combine it's right in between his three and four month mark um, of that benchmark for rehab. So I would be shocked if he participated in that at the combine. I think that would be pushing it for him to do really anything physically then. But after that, there is still plenty of time before the draft. Um, You've still got basically two months after the combine before the draft. Um, So I think you know, I think we could see him actually do some physical, some kind of physical workout to show teams what he can do, um, which my understanding, like teams would obviously feel a lot more comfortable about drafting him if they were able to see some kind of like physical proof, like, oh yeah, he is moving pretty well for being in this stage of his rehab with that injury. Um, So I think there is a chance that he will be able to actually physically work out for a team, um, And, you know, he wouldn't commit to that yet because he doesn't know enough. But I think that would be really important to helping teams feel more secure that, you know, this is going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Physically, he's he's lefty. That's exciting. We haven't had a lefty starting quarterback in a while. That'll be fun, but uh, you know, it, a, a smaller guy. He's uh, you know six one. I think is what they listed him at at Alabama. We'll see what he measures. Um, that we get to do another measurement thing, just like Kyler last year. Oh where we all God. get to uh, tune into the combine for that. But uh, you know, six one. Uh, that 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 makes things a little bit different. He doesn't have a howitzer of an arm. It, he certainly has enough arm strength for the next level. And uh, it'll just be interesting what kind of you know. It, the geometry is different in the NFL. Everything is a little bit more condensed. Everything's in the center of the field as opposed to uh, uh, the collegiate level where you can sort of uh, get outside and uh, create some huge uh, areas of space with uh, with the way the hash marks are set up on the field. But, um, you know, he, he's athletic. He's incredibly accurate. Uh, I, I guess more, another one of the bigger questions, I mean, his his receivers were so good at Alabama. Yeah. Um, and and we'll, we'll talk about them as a, as draft season goes on. But you got, to, you got D- Jerry Judy. You got a guy in like Henry Ruggs who – Henry Ruggs might be the first wide receiver off the board, even though he didn't have big numbers at Alabama, just because I don't know how well he meshed with Tua's uh, arm as far as the downfield stuff went. Yeah, and I think with Tua, um, I think he'll still be like the third quarterback, at least. He could be even higher than that. I, I just think – I just think based off of what we've seen from him, three seasons worth there, and I think the medical reports, if the medical reports come back positive, because it's, it's going to come down to what every team doctor 
sees in their evaluation of him. And every team is going to do a, every team interested in him is going to do a very good, thorough medical exam of him. And they're going to kind of really lean off of whatever that team doctor says. Um, and every time I asked like a scout or somebody like, Hey, like, you know, what do you think of Tua? Like, what do you think? Every single time they would just answer and be like, well, we're going to have to defer to the team doctor. Mm -hmm. So I think that those reports remain positive. I think he's still, you know, top, top three quarterback. I I would, I would be willing to bet he's going to be picked in the top 15, the, you know, the top half of the first round. Um, I just feel like the tape on him is going to be what, you know, pushes teams to take the leap of faith. If it even is one, um, to take him. Well, let's uh, let's go through the rest of these guys here. I, I think there's three who you could sort of argue are in the running for the number one pick, and certainly the front runner mm-hmm. right now is is Joe Burrow uh, out of LSU, who everyone will be able to watch Monday night in the national title game against probably the the 2021 first overall pick in uh, Trevor Lawrence. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah Joe Burrow. It, it's funny. I, I think Dan Orlovsky had thrown this out uh, in Andy Dalton comp, which obviously I I I. I have to think Bengals fans aren't crazy about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think physically that comp is pretty accurate, probably. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of similarities. Probably, you know, when we get all the combine numbers, we'll see a lot of similarities to Dalton. Uh, same as Dalton, does, doesn't have a huge arm, has a good arm, not great arm. But um, the thing with Burrow, I mean, look, Andy Dalton's sort of fatal flaw is, you know, in a muddy pocket, he is just, he melts down sometimes and just does crazy things with the ball. And and uh, Joe Burrow is kind of the ac- kind of the opposite of that. He's he's so yeah. he's so good when pressured. Uh, you know, it just uh, I mean, look, Andy and I used to talk about this on the show all the time. If you were sort of reverse engineering based on the great quarterbacks of uh, of the last decade, if you look at like Tom Brady and said like, okay, let's let's find a guy who has similarities to Tom Brady. I'm not saying Joe Burrow's next Tom Brady, but uh, you'd say like, okay, subtle pocket movement, uh, ability to play in a muddy pocket. I mean. Everything in the NFL is a muddy pocket as opposed to um, some of the stuff you see on the college level. Uh, I mean, Burrow checks those boxes. So it's almost like he's Andy Dalton, but then Andy Dalton's greatest weakness is a strength for Joe Burrow. Yeah, totally agree. And one of the, when I've been talking about Burrow with scouts, one, one thing that I thought was interesting that one pointed out to me was um, don't like miss the fact of, of how quickly Joe Burrow could be comfortable in a new offense and pick up a new offense and look like he's known it for years because Joe Brady, who is the passing game coordinator um, for LSU, who came from the Saints, um, he is new. Like this is his first year there. And and Burrow totally adjusted to that and adapted to it in a way that is really stunning when you, when you look at it because, you know, we're constantly, when we're evaluating quarterbacks, we're constantly saying, oh, well, it's his first year in this system. Or, you know, he's he's learning and he's got a new coach. It's like, it's an excuse. And I think it's a valid excuse. Like, it's hard to learn a new offense. And it's hard to get adjusted to a new system as a quarterback when you're the one in charge. Um, and so that was a point that a scout made to me is like, okay, yeah, everyone can see all the great things Joe Burrow is doing, but like, don't forget that this, he learned this all so quickly and picked it up so well. And one thing about Burrow that I just won't forget is I was at Manning Passing Academy in June, um, Mm -hmm. which is an insane 
high school football camp put on by the Mannings. And it's just they have like 27 football fields at this college in Louisiana. And there's like 1,300 high schooler, middle schooler kids. And then there's like 42 starting college quarterbacks. It's just it's just a scene that is it's insane. It's just on a whole nother level. But anyways, um, as I was there, um, Archie Manning, I was riding around in a golf cart with him one morning and he calls over some coach. I think it was like a high school coach who was helping out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, I have a tip for you. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, Joe Burrow, he's going to be good this year. That was my Archie Manning <laughs> accent. If you didn't pick up it's, on that. It was spot on. Uh, that was pretty good. <laughs> so, and then he goes on to be like, yeah, I saw him, you know, I saw him a couple weeks ago. I saw him in spring practice things have changed like this. He said last year, wouldn't have considered him an NFL quarterback. And he called this before the season. This was like three months before the season started. Like he was on it and he'd seen him. Joe Burrow was at Manning passing Academy. So we had seen him throwing. He was watching him um, and he was really impressed. And I kind of like filed that away. I'm like, okay, you know, let's see about this. Cause it's true. Like after, um, his first season at LSU, not really NFL quarterback, not a lot of people talking about him. But this year, he just emerges on the scene. Um, and it seems like a lot of years there is that one guy who kind of rockets to the top out of nowhere almost. And, and that's Burrow this year. Yeah. Yeah. He's a uh, boy. It, it would, I mean, look, it's, it's January, but it would be a surprise if he was not a Cincinnati Bengal uh, when this was all right. said and done. Uh, but who knows? I mean, look, it, it, so we have Tua, we have Burrow, and then the third guy here is uh, is Justin Herbert out of Oregon, who who sort of mildly surprised all of us last uh, uh, last year. We ended up staying in school, but you went out to Eugene for a little bit, and uh, you're, you're sort of yeah. an honorary member of the Herbert family at this point. Yeah, basically, you know, <laughs> um, why, especially because of the ESPN clip where I was sitting next to um, Mark Herbert, his dad, and and uh, watching the game. And ESPN comes to the seats before the game starts. And they're like, hey, are you guys the Herbert family? And I'm like, no, no, I am not. Please do not show me on camera. Please avert the camera. Go the other way. Of course, I make it on camera. And anyways, um, at least I wasn't stuffing my face with popcorn, which there is like, go. usually... Usually the case when I'm caught on screen. That's that's oh. the bar you get. That, that is the bar you have to cross. Right. Um, yeah, Herbert is a really interesting quarterback to watch in this draft because I could definitely see him like sneaky rising to be the number one pick. Um, it just depends on what the Bengals are looking for, or you know, if there's a trade for the number. Who knows if a team trades up. Um, just depends on who really falls in love with Herbert because, and and where they're situated in the draft, because, you know, physically he's huge. He seems, see him as like your prototype size of a quarterback. They see him when you have someone like Tua who has gotten injured, you know, three times in college and, and maybe durability is a question. You can look at Herbert and say, okay, that guy is going to be able to take a hit. Like, that is a big quarterback. Um, And I was talking to one scout who told me, you know, when he gets to the combine, he is really going to make an impression because of how large he is. When you see him in person, it's going to really leave a mark on scouts and evaluators because he is a really big, really big guy, and he's very athletic. He can run. Um, he's fast. So this scout was saying, you know, once you see his numbers and his workout, 
um, his 40 time and everything, it's really going to help him rise a- after that point. He, he expected him, you know, to really kind of like shoot up people's boards after the combine because of the impression he'll make there. Yeah, he's a I, look, I, I know some people compare him to Josh Allen as sort of the, you know, obviously the 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 physical traits, but also the fact that he sort of came out of nowhere uh, yeah. to move into this like high first round conversation. And, and Herbert is not quite where Allen is as far as, uh, you know, just the, just the, you know, whatever 140 mile an hour fastball or whatever Josh Allen throws. Um, right. He also kind of reminded me of Allen situationally because uh, look that, that Oregon offense and Oregon, you know, all those chip Kelly years, they sort of have this reputation being this wide open, uh, high scoring offense. They're they're not really that anymore. And what they did offensively no. this year was just kinda um his weapons weren't great. And I think there is something to be Mm-mm. said for what it does to a quarterback's accuracy and decision making when you have receivers who don't separate. I think that just makes their life mm-hmm. very difficult and can make them look very bad. Now, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Justin Herbert's going to you know go to the NFL and and turn into Drew Brees as far as ball placement goes. But um, you know, I, I think he has. I, I I think if you put him in a better offense with uh, with a better supporting cast, uh, you will see sort of a, sort of a jump here from him. Yeah, I think so, and I think just based off of you know, his personality. Um, he he decided to stay his senior year at Oregon, which, as you mentioned, was a little bit of a surprise. But I think it was a really good thing for him because scouts really value um, experience. Like, that. that is really going to help. That's another thing that's really going to help him is he has four years of starting experience at Oregon. And, and he didn't have the same offense until his senior year. Um, so as we're talking about with Burrow, like a new offense, like that was something that is kind of used with Herbert as like, a, well, look what he did even though he was trying to um, adapt to a new offense every year um, because they kept uh, hiring a new offensive coordinator for him. So he didn't have that consistency until his senior year. Um, So scouts kind of see him as a quarterback who really has room to grow and develop because he, he, they haven't seen him, you know, play within the same system for enough time. Um, But they really value, they really value his experience because that starting experience um, in college is so important to, how a quarterback, a college quarterback can develop and how quickly they transition to the NFL. Um, but I think for him, just for personality wise, he is a quieter guy and he's been pretty sheltered because he's from Eugene. He went to Oregon. Um, he hangs out at his parents' house a lot. Uh, <laughs> you know, Loser. like he just hasn't. I mean, he did a mission trip in Uganda. I know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he hasn't really experienced a lot else out there. So scouts always bring this up. And to be honest with you, I don't believe this is I'm on a tangent now. I'm sorry. But I don't like this argument to me. I never quite understand it. The whole like, oh, well, he couldn't go to New York thing, like because he couldn't handle the media in New York. People bring that up a lot when you talk about Herbert because he is that quieter version of a leader. He is not that sort of like loud, confident, um, outgoing, extroverted quarterback. But I'm like, I don't know. Like every NFL team has media. Like yeah. it's it's 2020. There's like 25 bloggers for every team. I don't know. I just I don't understand the argument of like, oh, well, he couldn't be a big market guy. But people always bring that up with him. No, the the New York thing is like... If you if you are a quiet guy, that almost works in your favor more because it's like, yeah. I mean, what you want to be Rex Ryan going out there? I mean, yeah, 
And that's what I don't understand. And I, I always flip it when people say that to me. I'm like, I honestly like do not believe in this argument. Like any person could go to any market. Like just don't be Mitchell Trubisky and turn the TV off. Like it's just, you know, it's that simple. Um, but yeah, so with Herbert, I think he would benefit from a situation where he can not have to start right away, where he can be behind a veteran. I mean, every quarterback would benefit from that. But I think mm-hmm. him in particular would do really well if he goes to a team that does not need him to start day one and can and he can learn from somebody like a Philip Rivers or a Tom Brady or something like that. And then I think he will have a really successful NFL career. But that was kind of the sense I got from like, talking to him and talking to a bunch of scouts. And the interesting thing about him too, is that um, I know for a fact that the giants loved him in last year's draft. And obviously he didn't come out. So they were doing a bunch of work on him before he made his decision. Um, Thinking that he would come out. They spent like five days in Eugene, which is a long time for a scout. They usually (laughs) are in and out in like a day and at the most like a day and a half. Even if they really like the guy, like they are, you know, they have their routine, they have their schedule, they're not hanging around. But they spent like five days out there really get digging into him and they really liked him. And who knows if they would have picked him over Daniel Jones, um, but they were very into him. So that makes me think that, you know, he he'll probably be the second quarterback in this draft, if not the first. I think there is still a chance he could be the first quarterback. All right, let's uh, let's jump into the other three quarterbacks here. That that uh, we'll call them at this time. Uh, at this time in in January, what are we like January eighth or something? Uh, we will call them the other three first round candidates, and we'll start with uh, we'll start with Jordan Love out at Utah State. Uh, you might not be familiar with him if you if you don't watch a lot of I, I don't know when Utah State plays Friday nights uh, yeah. probably. Uh, they they played their bowl game really early on, I think. Um, yeah, he is. I mean, look. You remember Week 16 Sunday night? Jenny and I talked this uh, talked about this on the on the Monday podcast after this, but uh, um, NBC kept on running that sort of side by side highlight reel, like Mitchell Trubisky's best throws and then Patrick Mahomes' best throws and Colin yeah. Jordan's guy. You know, they, they were trying to, to to help Trubisky out a little bit and then just sort of be like, oh look, I mean, you know, you take the high end throws; these guys are pretty similar. You could probably do that with Jordan Love. Yeah. Uh, he is a he's a you know he he's a he's a big time athlete. He's not a you know he's not like a sprinter type of guy, but you know like like Mahomes, he's a guy who can make a lot of off platform you know off his back foot type of throws and just has uh, you know pretty monstrous uh, arm talent. Uh, you know it, the issue is and. I think he had a bit of a disappointing year for a lot of people, and I, I think some people would maybe point to his uh, um, his supporting cast there. But uh, I mean, look, he 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 is a guy who can be molded. But the question is, you know, are are you getting are you getting Patrick Mahomes? Probably probably not. Uh, are are you getting a <laughs> are you getting sort of a Josh Allen type? Are you getting a Trubisky type? Um, you could probably mold him a lot of ways, but can you get him comfortable enough in uh, in, in what you're doing at the NFL level? Because it just seems like it's going to take a year or two for him to sort of gain that consistency to uh, be a guy you put on the field. Yep, definitely. And he is one of the senior bowl quarterbacks, which include the group so far is Jalen Hurts, Jordan Love, uh, and uh, Justin Herbert, along with like Shea Patterson, but I'm not going to include him in this conversation. <laughs> he's Poor not Shea really Patterson. worth He's not worth my words right now. Um, but 
I only bring that up because the senior bowl is going to be really important for him, for Jordan Love, I think, because, you know, I think he's, as we just kind of talked about, like, what is he really like? We're not sure. So that's really a good opportunity for him to show in practice. Um, I think it's who is it? The Lions and the Bengals who are coaching the senior bowl this year, um, as well as like every team in attendance watching practice from the stands. Um, so I think that's going to be a really good opportunity for him to get up and close and personal with NFL scouts and coaches and for them to be able to work with him and see what what's there with him. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be, I think that that week in mobile will be really important to answering some questions about him and, and his draft stock. And the, uh, the other two here, we'll, we'll kind of lump them together, uh, because they were, they were teammates together. Uh, Jacob Eason, uh, from Washington, who was the starter at Georgia until he was unseated by Jake Fromm. Uh, and these guys are, are, you know, they both played at Georgia, but they're not very similar, uh, as quarterbacks. Right. Eason, Eason is your, is your big armed, uh, sort of vertical downfield passing guy. Whereas Fromm is kind of your, uh, you know, rhythm and, and, and timing and sort of, uh, uh, well, I'll say it's sort of, sort of a game manager type and there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. People need to manage games sometimes, but I think that's what Fromm was on the, on the collegiate level. And uh, so, I, I, boy, I, I don't think you'd expect him to be something different on the higher level of football. Mm-hmm. From is interesting because I talked to a scout at the Manning Passing Academy who was in love with Fromm, like loved him. And I think it was partially because of like his personality and his leadership because he is one of those quarterbacks in this draft that has that, um, you know, intangible it factor. Um, which you can see just in his career, how he was able to win the starting job, um, you know, so many times and push out certain quarterbacks like Jacob Eason um, from Georgia. So I think that's kind of interesting about him. And, um, you know, so there's definitely interest in him. And I think he'll even be just because quarterbacks rise in this draft, I would expect him to be like a late first round pick. Yeah. Um, if not, I mean, early second round, but I think just because of the demand for quarterbacks and the paranoia that someone else is going to take the quarterback if you don't, I think he will go at the end of the first round, most likely. Um, and then with Eason, I I was talking to someone about Herbert who was like, nah, I don't like Herbert. I love Jacob Eason. And they were like super into Eason. So he has his own fans in this draft, his own like super fan club. Um, so that's kind of interesting too, because it seems like, you know, we know maybe who our top three are, but then after that, each guy does have their own sort of like super fans. And these two, the one who loved Fromm and the one who loved Eason were different teams, um, two very different teams. So, but two teams that are both likely in the quarterback mix. So that was kind of interesting because, and the two teams that they were are teams that like could take a quarterback, but not definitely will take a quarterback. So if that was a late first round pick for either of them or an early second round pick, that would totally fit because that would be kind of that area where late first round, early second round, you know, you might want to take a guy like that who you're like, yeah, you could use them for the future, but I don't need them right now. Yeah. Um, type of situation. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, like you said, it's it's really you got you got such a variety this year. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I didn't think last year was a whole lot of fun. <laughs> Once we no. knew Kyler was going number one, it was it was kind of a slog. It was not but, fun. Uh, yeah. 
It was only fun when Dwayne Haskins made his face when the Giants took Daniel Jones. <laughs> that, that was it. We waited the entire draft he season slightly, for that moment. He slightly scoffed. Slightly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Ever now, so it, slightly. It's it, look. It, it's it's a it's a really interesting draft class. Uh, the reactionary positions. I mean, we we've talked about this a lot on the show over the last couple of years. Reactionary positions, offensive line, and and defensive back. Got a lot of good guys coming up this year. I mean, this is the first time in in I don't know my lifetime that I can ever, ever remember saying like, oh, this is a deep offensive line class coming out. If you need <laughs> offensive line help, you finally might get some. Um, and y'all will see how these go. It, it, it all goes. But uh, And then Chase Young. Chase Young's probably your, your top overall Chase guy. Chase Young. But, uh, yep. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. 
Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We have plenty to talk about as uh, as draft season fires up. We are, we are going to hold off until after the playoffs with that. But... Before we wrap up this show, let's just look at some of the teams that that need these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I sent you this list, Caitlin, and and you can you can disagree, you can agree. Um, I listed six teams in the need a QB list, and then I I listed what one two three four five six nine teams in the uh, if they're wowed by one of these guys, I, I could definitely see them mm-hmm. scooping up uh, one of these quarterbacks. But uh, um, the first one, and obviously it's it's the Bengals, and and they will pick first, they will pick thirty third uh, at this point. You know, Know, four months away, we, we expect them to take Joe Burrow first overall uh, or maybe one of those other quarterbacks, but certainly using that number one overall pick on a quarterback. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I think that's uh, clear, clear as day. The Dolphins, the the tank for Tua Dolphins, uh, as we knew them back in September, they loaded up on on uh, early picks here. They have the yeah. Steelers and the Texans picks. The Steelers, we know, will be the 18th pick, and uh, the Texans will be somewhere in the late 20s since they're still alive in the playoffs. And then the Dolphins also will pick uh, uh, 39 uh, in the second round there. So if they want to jump up, if they want to jump up to like they number could. two or something, they, yeah. they definitely have the ammo to do so. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I would if if I had my druthers, I would say uh, Joe Burrow at, at at one to the Bengals, uh, the Dolphins scoop up Justin Herbert, and then uh, uh, the Chargers who pick six end up getting themselves Tua. To I I like I don't know what's gonna happen with Philip Rivers here, but I think Philip right. Rivers, if you had him behind an offensive line, could probably still uh you know keep you going a little bit and then you got your your you know kind of like when when rivers was behind breeze you got right. your your guy for a year or two down the road i mean i feel like the chargers like have to pick a quarterback this yeah. year yeah i mean if they want a situation where they can like develop a guy and like not you know hurry him out there like th- i this is the year the kind of tragic part with the chargers is you keep on looking at them and and being like you didn't take a quarterback, but also since you since you didn't take a quarterback, how do you have so little depth? Like how right? How is Why your are you not so better? Bad? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a confusing one. Uh, the Panthers picking seven gonna, gonna be fed. It seems like it's gonna be like a, a pretty much a full reset with a uh, Matt Rule coming in. Right. Uh, we'll see yeah. what happens with Cam. I, I've been I've been shouting at people on the streets that that Cam is the starter in, in Carolina in 2020 and not Kyle Allen. But um, I mean, hey, I, you know, can you really look at Cam and say this guy's gonna be our guy in five years, considering what's happened to his body durability wise? Right. Totally. Um. I still want Cam to like go sign somewhere else, like Chicago. <laughs> I was gonna say I know where you wanted to sign, <laughs> but honestly, like not to jump to the Bears here, but they are in such a weird spot right now because they need to do something. They have to do something to pretend like they're trying to improve the quarterback position. But the fact that they fired like three offensive coaches makes me think that they are not admitting 
that Mitch Trubisky is the problem. Like they've already like fired people as scapegoats, which makes me then think they aren't going to do anything about it. Like maybe they will draft a late round, mid round quarterback, but I, I can't imagine they're going to, well, they don't have a first round pick, so that's not really an option. Um, I just can't imagine they would take or, or even like sign a veteran that might be competing with him because he can't, I don't think his psyche can handle a quarterback competition. And yeah. then to introduce that, like even just to introduce like, Oh, we have this backup. Well, he's not really a bad, like, you know, if you bring in someone who like Cam Newton or somebody else who is like literally going to directly compete with Mitch, it's just going to open up to so much stuff among the media and the fans that I just don't think they are interested in that at all. And so I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they've been so kid gloves with him, even with the play calling late in the season, even when they were, their season was over, they were still really, um, I mean, it was, it was, it was, you know, confidence builder type throws, everything behind the line of scrimmage type of stuff. But um, they they don't, as, as you said, Kalen, they don't have the first round pick because of the Khalil Mack trade. They do. This is the year they get a second rounder back from the Raiders Mm -hmm. as part of that trade, which was um, just really weird. (laughs) <laughs> but they'll strange they'll pick 43 they'll pick 50 uh i i think if ryan pace tries to trade up again someone's going to uh i don't know <laughs> cut the phone lines there or something like yeah. they gotta they gotta stop him from doing that but uh yeah um I, i'll just say this about trubisky and and i feel like i was uh I, I i was the first one to to start sort of uh bashing him a little bit but um <laughs> weird weird things can happen with quarterback i mean drew Brees three yeah, years true. into his career true. you mm-hmm. would have said this is the worst starting quarterback in football and just sort of click yeah. for it you know rich gannon uh steve berline these guys who sort of uh blossomed in their in their 30s and into not only like starting quarters but like really good starting quarterback rich, mm-hmm. rich gannon was like a 37 year old mvp um so i wouldn't I, I wouldn't completely write off trubisky but at the same time it's like you just haven't seen anything that would make you say like no this might turn around no and if they want to work there after next season like i think what will happen is they're going to commit to mitch for another season he'll probably not play well again and they're going to miss the playoffs again and then they're all just going to be fired because they're all tied to him like no matter what. And the only reason, the only way they could get out of not being tied to him is if they bring in another quarterback who would help them win next season and would be, and could beat Mitch in a job. But I just don't think they want that. I don't want, I don't think they want that um, situation because I think they're not ready to move on from him. I don't think they're like in a place where they're going to make that decision. So I I don't know what, what, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I don't think they'll take one of the rookies here. I, I think that sort of is, you know, if yeah. they bring in a guy, it will be a veteran. But uh, yeah, a little, little sunk cost fallacy at work, which at the same time, I mean, you, you have a defense, you have a champ. It, it's a yeah. lot more difficult yeah. to build a championship caliber defense because that takes a lot of parts. That takes exactly. hitting on a lot of picks. Um, and like that window is open now. I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever you can, uh, so you know, who knows? Bengals could be opening a window by just drafting Joe Burrow first overall here in, in this, uh, in this draft. And by the way, Joe Burrow gets uh, Jonah Williams back next year. They're their first yes. round pick from, uh, from last season. So maybe they won't be as, uh, as much of an abomination on the offensive line. Maybe things start yeah. to turn around a little bit for the Bengals. Uh, the sixth team I had was, uh, was the Patriots who, who will pick 23 because they, uh, if, 
if you didn't hear, they they lost last week <laughs> in the playoffs, and and now they are Newsflash. they are locked in. Uh, so yeah, they'll pick twenty three, and and you know obviously you, uh, uh, I, I don't know what Brady. I, I still think Brady's going back, but uh, um, even if he does at some point. I mean, they've already done it a couple times. You probably got to do it again now. You got to find who your next guy is going to be. Have we completely written off um, Jarrett Jarrett, Stidham? Jarrett Stidham? Uh, We shouldn't. Because, you know, as, uh, you know, we remember all the talk about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, like his first year, and and he was terrible in practice and all this stuff, and and he was going to be a bust, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Stidham, (laughs) the only only action we really saw from Stidham this year was when he went in during that Jets game early in the season. It was one of the Luke Falk Jets games, and uh, Stidham went out and, like, (laughs) threw a pick six and, like, immediately got yanked again. They put Brady back in, and it was kind of like, oh, this isn't isn't going very well for them. Right. Yeah, I haven't done like any reporting on Stidham, but so I I honestly know nothing more than anyone else would about him. But it would be interesting to to know, and they would never say, but it would be interesting to know like what they think of him um, internally there, because I mean, obviously, whatever they do think of him would directly impact how they're going to view quarterbacks in this draft. Um, and I just don't know the answer to that, but I think that would be really. Uh, interesting to find out what they see if they see any um, potential uh, in him to be that next guy for them or if he's just kind of a backup level uh, quarterback in the future and I'll just uh, I'll rapid fire the uh, the the nine that I put in the uh, if they're wowed by a guy we, we have the Jaguars who who uh, they pick nine and they then they have the Rams 20th pick uh, I, I mean look they they have Minshew they they Oh, Nick Foles a lot of money and can't really get out yeah. from under that contract. Uh, it would take an Osweiler type of, uh, you know, Osweiler to the Browns type of deal with someone to get out from under that. So uh, I, I don't think they bring in another quarterback at this point. But uh, who knows? You know, you love one of these guys, you, you go and get them. Um, the Raiders, who a lot of yeah. us were kind of hearing whispers that like Gruden wasn't crazy about Derek Carr. I thought Derek Carr was excellent last year. I thought he was really mm-hmm. good. Um, but, uh, I mean, look, they, they have the two first round picks. They, they pick 12, they pick a uh, 19 and, um, I guess you're never shocked by anything John Gruden might do, but, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Colts, I know Colts fans are ready to move on from Jacoby Brissett. I don't think Frank Reich is. And, and I think Frank Reich is right, but, uh, uh, they do pick 13, they pick 34. They have a, they have a pick from Washington from, a uh, a first round trade last year. They go 13, 34 and 44. So if they wanted to get one of these guys, they, they probably could. Um, Bucks at 14. Who knows what they do with Jameis? Uh, Saints at 24. Uh, it sounds like they're probably going to bring Teddy Bridgewater back to be sort of the, the heir apparent to Breeze, but we'll see what happens there. And then uh, a couple teams are still alive, the Titans and Vikings in the late 20s. Titans might franchise Ryan Tannehill. Vikings uh, next year will be their last year of that fully guaranteed Kirk Cousins contract. So we'll, we'll see. I don't know if they want to bring in a guy and sort of go cheap uh, after that. Yeah, Titans are fascinating because I heard in the summer that they were closely scouting this quarterback class, Um, you know, particularly looking like, you know, they at the time they were like, we're going to be a playoff team. And I was like, interesting. But they were right. Um, And um, so they kind of were banking on they're going to be a later first round pick is what they were sort of expecting and what they were kind of scouting for this season. So I would not be surprised if they pick a quarterback. However, this was before Ryan Tannehill emerged. So that may have changed their perspective on things, but I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they went for one. 
I know the Tannehill thing is wild because Tannehill's performance. Uh, I mean, look, he 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 was tremendous. I mean, and and he completed a lot of throws that he didn't complete very often for the Dolphins. Um, he was just a completely different quarterback, and they have to kind of decide like, was this like just a hot streak, just a small sample size kind of hot streak here, or uh, is this a guy we we can win with next year? I, I think they just end up franchise tagging him and and going from there. But uh, I'd I'd be. I'd be really surprised if they were going to make a long-term commitment to, to Tannehill at this point, unless it was a, a very team-friendly contract. Um, the last two teams I listed were, were the Packers, who picked 30, and the Steelers, who traded their first rounder to Miami to get Mika Fitzpatrick. They pick at 49. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the Steelers – I mean, look, Roethlisberger, if his elbow is healthy, is obviously the starter next year. Uh, he'll be, a, I think, a 38-year-old uh, coming off a major elbow injury. So – I, I don't think they are going to have anyone necessarily to challenge Roethlisberger, but I think what you saw from Mason Rudolph this year, it, it might be time to sort of, uh, I don't know, think about someone else as your quarterback in the future. <laughs> I mean, they, they didn't make a huge investment. We, we've seen plenty of third-round picks over the years. Uh, that Garrett Grayson comes to mind. The Saints picked Garrett Grayson in the third round a couple years ago and just never put him on the field. Um uh-huh. Yeah, I I think the Steelers could be in on you know if uh let's say Fromm or Eason or something ends up slipping into the middle of round two maybe they scoop up one of mm-hmm. those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Jordan Love or. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's what we got. That's that's everything. I'm sure nothing will change between now and April, so you can just keep Absolutely on replaying. <laughs> just keep on replaying this episode every couple of weeks to remind yourself of exactly what's going to happen with the quarterback class. <laughs> Uh, there will be no updates. Kaylin, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. I know you're out in Green Bay on on the road here, reporting some stuff. That's right, Packers. It's uh, interesting things happening in Packerland this week, gearing up for uh, another ugly win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As Rodgers like would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy that, and uh, I hope everyone enjoys Thank the uh, the the playoff action this weekend and we got plenty more we did plenty of coaching carousel stuff on the on, on the shows behind us the week side podcast with connor and jenny and and albert show and uh, uh we'll be handicapping the uh the the playoff action on the mmqb gambling podcast which we tape tomorrow comes out friday that's how podcast works you gotta you, you gotta tape them first they're not live but uh <laughs> The MMQB NFL Thursday podcast is me, Gary Gramling. Thanks to Kaylin Kaler for joining us this week. We are produced by Shelby Royston. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody. Ben Eagle is director of editorial projects and product. Mark Mravick is emeritus editor of the MMQB. Andy Benoit is the founder of the MMQB NFL podcast. Keep up with our entire lineup of podcasts five days a week by subscribing to the MMQB NFL podcast for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please do us a favor and leave a rating and review. It really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Radio.com, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.